Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Rocco and Slippy Show. Today is March 18th, 2019. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both from McFlugel.com. Show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 136 where you'll be able to find links to the things we talk about as well as ways to subscribe to the podcast and Keep up with us on social media and everywhere else. And also to check out LibertyMugs.com. Uh, we sell libertarian-themed mugs and T-shirts. And I got an email this week that the CIA is threatening to arrest me if I don't send them $10,000 uh, in Bitcoin by sometime in April. So I really need everyone to... Uh, to buy a lot of mugs right now, so I have enough money to send to. Uh, I think his name was Roland from the CIA. Hmm. Uh, if you go on the uh, the Liberty, did you see that Slappy? No. Oh, so if you go on the Liberty Mugs uh, Twitter account, that's it's a recent uh, post. I screenshot of the the email I got. <laughs> so Roland from the CIA is uh, said that there's some nice. very. So I'm maybe, being accused of being of, of some very, very terrible things. Well, the CIA is involved. I mean, you know what they right. do. So I would get that money to them. And in order to do that, people need to buy mugs. Yeah. It, they, he wants 2.5 Bitcoin. Really? And they will uh, wipe the charges from me. So right, well, we should be able to get that by tomorrow if our uh, people all buy. If everyone just buys 10 mugs. Yeah, 10 of those $100 mugs. Mugs, yeah. I mean, that's all we need to sell, so. Wait, I, no, no. A wait, you need more than that. How many? How a many? Thousand. A thousand of them? No, a hundred. <laughs> one hundred of those one hundred dollar mugs. Well, actually, more because you know we we don't just get all the profit right away. I mean, we there is a margin. It's true. So buy lots of them. Just buy as many as you want just, as you can. You know what? If each person buys one hundred. Then I think we'll be safe. We'll be hundred of the hundred dollar mugs. I think we'll be good. So, in fact, if you buy a hundred of the hundred dollar mugs, we'll give you a free one of your choice. Well, you would even. I mean, the deal right now, I think, is that we'll give you. I don't know what that is. We'll add one in. Whatever it is, we'll add yeah. one in. Yeah. If you buy a hundred of the hundred dollar mugs, we'll. Well, we can't do too much because I still got to make sure I have uh, ten thousand dollars that I can send. True. Which is interesting because he said exactly $10,000, but he wants it in Bitcoin. Hmm. And he says it's about 2.5 Bitcoin. But, you know, what happens if, if you know, I have enough Bitcoin that it is exactly $10,000 worth and then the price changes as soon as I send it? And now, Will he give you a refund? Well, if, if the price appreciates, then I hope he would give me a little bit of a refund. Mm, but what, yeah. if, what if the price drops and well, now it's going more rugs? Well, I mean, and the time's up, so now he only has nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. What are you doing? Going to jail, or what's I guess killing so. you? No, I'm going to jail. Oh, so um, well, like, let's, let's talk about jury nullification. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure you would want to nullify this one though. So, uh, all right. Oh so, yeah. All right. Slappy, do you want to uh, introduce the our episode topic for us? Sure. Uh, so, what was it? The week over the weekend, last week, someone, a politician in New Zealand, got an egg thrown at them. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so there was a little bit of a reaction, and then we got a little discussion about punishment and what's acceptable. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about the death penalty. But <laughs> describe that video for me. Okay, so this will be linked in the show notes page. Um, so, well, a little backstory just to. This to is the guy it. who put out that statement. Yeah, and I saw this statement like before this egg incident happened. Yes. Yeah, so oh, it, it, this guy was known. So it was after the uh, the Christchurch shooting in New Zealand. This, uh, yeah, Fraser Anning, who was an Australian senator, wrote this press release saying that like, oh, it was really terrible what happened and it was disgusting and blah blah blah. And then he just kind of said, like, well, these. But this is what though, happens when people come over, you know. Right. Whatever. And and kind of just painting a very broad brush about Muslims. And I, when I read that, I was like, oh, man, this guy is just an awful person for saying this. Um, really just. Just <laughs> really. 
it's it's unbelievable that that actually someone would someone would write that. So, well, we don't we don't we don't really need to get into the details of that, but just understand. And I'm sure most people already know all about this, but uh, for this for the sake of discussion, all you need to know is that the vast majority of people out there that think that Fraser Anning is just a jerk and not a nice guy at all. And so what happened, he was having, he was at some somewhere where there's a lot of media there recording it. And there's this 15 year old kid standing uh, next to him and he smashed an egg on his head and And, he he recorded himself doing it. And so uh, Anning turned around and smack the kid in the face like with like an open slap on the face and then they kind of like stared at each other for a half a second then he tried to go after him again people pulled anning away and and like two or three guys jumped on top of the the kid to secure him i uh, i heard some people were calling to to get the police there so but it uh i think it's a good way because in recent episodes we've been talking about how to deal with crime and criminals in a libertarian society and and talking about alternatives to prison but i don't really think we talked about how you deal with uh, a crime as it's happening so uh, i think this is a good example of um of seeing some we we got to see the whole situation here uh, from the uh, the assault of the egg, and that was assault. I mean, it's not that big of a deal to get an egg smacked on your head, all things considered. And that's apparently all this kid wanted to do. But I mean, you're still putting your hands, using <laughs> quote unquote a weapon on someone. So uh, you know, he he did he did violate Anning's uh I mean, Anning's rights. That would piss me off. Someone at work sprayed perfume on me. I I wanted to punch the guy, but I didn't. Yeah, it's. Well, did you smell better afterwards? Uh, maybe smelled like an old lady. Well, maybe you smelled bad, and you were violating his uh his property rights by sending your stench. Maybe so that that's a good case study, but <laughs> but, but no, it, it's like this this kid did violate uh the non aggression principle. Let's talking in very libertarian terms right you may not like the you may not like anning and you may not think it's a big deal with what he did but you can't go around smashing eggs on people's heads so a lot of discussion happened about you know did uh anning was he justified and turn around and smacking the kid and and then afterwards did the people were the people justified and kind of tackling him and and yeah restraining him holding him down um and it's a good what I think is really good about this is that since the police weren't involved, uh, at least not a what, not right away, they did eventually come and I think they arrested him, but then released him without charging him with anything. Um, but it's a, it's a good example of, of just private individuals reacting to a situation and seeing the whole recording and, and it's getting a lot of, uh, a lot of attention and a lot of critiques, which I think is good because, like what we're talking about in the previous episodes about dealing with crimes is that we would be having, um, you know, private police force forces or uh, defense uh, defense organizations would be doing this, and they would be subject to review by other people. and And if they uh, if they handled a situation poorly, then they're going to face backlash for it so they're going to be very careful and make mm-hmm. sure that their people are, are trained very well so let's kind of step through it and talk about uh just some thoughts about this because it's uh it's it's going around things so i think we i think we all can agree that it was a, a crime to smack to an throw egg throw the egg at someone's head yeah. right and it wasn't just a throw he he took the egg and with his hand smashing on his head yeah i mean he was right he was right behind the guy it's not like yeah right yeah. And, and it was fairly forcefully like it wasn't like he he wasn't trying to make sure he didn't get any eggshell and in, in the uh in the guy's hair yeah you know, just a clean clean little tap he he, he hit him pretty forcefully him so yeah. so people are saying people are responding that saying that like well he shouldn't have smacked him because it was just an egg after all so what do you think about that well i did get an egg thrown at me before and I was in second grade, and I ran home. 
So was that was that correct, or should I have? Was it a raw egg? Was it hard boiled, soft boiled? It was raw. I got it all over me, man. I was I was upset. I was a second grader. Um, Kids were older, but anyway, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I do in that situation. If I'm a politician, I'm reading a statement. I'm in front of camp. Like he he was speaking or doing so i mean he wasn't like at a podium but he was speaking to the press or something wasn't he yep and then you get hit with an egg i don't know what my reaction would be um is it justified what his was i don't know well here's my thing here's my take on this um not too hot because i don't want to cook the egg but uh so he got hit on the back of the head with an egg so he's not looking he didn't see it coming he didn't see all, it coming he had no all idea. he knows he got hit Someone hit him on the back of the head, and there's liquid on him. Yeah, pouring down his back or whatever. I mean, he can feel it. In that split second, like, he doesn't know what happened. He turned around, and it's obvious who did it, and he retaliated. I mean, I I think it's normal for a person when you get struck. You know, we could talk about turning the other cheek, and, you know, that's not a bad – if he didn't react, if he just turned around and and retreated – Did nothing, it would have been okay. Right. But he doesn't know he he's not understanding what's happening. You know, the other and, thing, too, to keep in mind, he did put out a statement that was very controversial. Um, right. So he's maybe on know. edge, doesn't yeah. know what's happening, doesn't know. You know, he's he's clearly a target because he just yeah. did get targeted, although it's not a big deal. With but an egg and not with right. Like, but right. he doesn't know. Right. You don't know what's happening. So it, it, it's not unreasonable to retaliate in order to prevent the next wave of attack from happening because you right. don't know what's going on. And when you do what this kid did and you attack someone like that, you kind of forfeit a little bit of uh, I don't want to say your rights, but you forfeit your ability to complain about the your target escalating it. Um, you know, it, it should be reasonable. It should, it, it's, and here's the thing. It's happening all so quickly. Um, you know, what happens if he pulls a gun out and shoots him? I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a completely different conversation. Uh, and we'd be framing it in a much different way, but you know, I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable to throw a punch back and he didn't even throw a punch. It was an open slap, open handed slap. So, um, you know, until you can can determine what's going on, you know, it's it's. I, I think there's there should be some leeway given there. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else on uh, on what Anning did? Because after that slap and after he tried to it kind of engage him again, you could, I don't know. So maybe- I haven't actually seen the full video. I saw the kid. I saw a clip on Twitter where it shows the kid throwing the egg. I didn't see his reaction at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it happened. Like I said, I don't know what I do in that position. Um, you know, I, I was a bouncer at a bar and fights have broken out and you're on edge and you're looking and you're defending yourself. And if you get hit, you know, you turn around. Now that's different when you're in the middle of a fight versus saying a speech. It's hard to say what I would do. I don't, based on what you're telling me that happened, I don't think it's that out of line. No, I don't. Th- I don't think it was either. I mean, I, I don't like violent solutions, but right. I mean, you're. But people will defend me, themselves in different ways. Whatever they I, feel is necessary for defense. Yeah. Um, you know, which could kind of bring us into our next thing too. Well, there's there's another another uh, thing to this because right there's there's another aspect to it that I want to talk about, okay, which, yeah. I, which go, I think go, is go. which I think is the more interesting part of this story is that um, two or three guys jumped on top of the kid after this. Some people pulled Anning away, and two or three guys jumped on top of him, and they had him in like I don't know I don't know if it was a headlock, but they were like laying on top of him. One I think someone kicked the kid. Um, the one kick I saw was like a very light, very, very, very light kick. Um, but, uh, it, it leads to the, uh, you know, were these guys doing it to try to be, you know, the tough guys at this point? Um, I think, I think it's reasonable to tackle 
someone, especially a politician or yeah, sound like I'm saying politicians deserve a, you know, something, but, but, you know, given this situation, if you see someone under attack that you like, it's, it's like you were saying before, he's on edge. So I think it's reasonable for, for someone bystanders there to tackle the kid to make sure that he's not ready to do something else. Uh, laying on top of the kid and kind of have him in a hold for a while when he when he's clear because I heard them kind of saying stuff like, um, you know, you you throw an egg at someone this you you know this is what you get for doing that and it's like all right if they understood that the kid was just trying to smack the guy and the with an egg, an egg yeah then you know I don't think you need the the full body weight of two or three adult men on top of them because we we would look at the police doing something like that and saying like, well, um, this is excessive. This yeah. looks like it's excessive force. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Uh, although, yeah, I, mm, I agree. It's like, I, I think of my, my bouncing years where your job is to protect certain people. Right. And I mean, if it takes three guys to lay on someone, you know, or if, you know, even if it doesn't, it's almost like you don't want to be the guy standing around watching. Right. Right. I don't um, want to, I don't, yeah, I wasn't there. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. And that, uh, yeah, I, But that's where I think it's good. I think this conversation around what should be done there is a good thing because when, if we are to ever transition into a society that has private protection, then these are the things that are going to have to get to decide. We don't have uh, police that are are generally immune to doing to doing whatever they want. And in situations like this, most people's reaction was, "Well, if you don't want to deal with the consequences, don't break the law." Well, criminals do have rights, and this kid even has rights uh, after after committing this right. crime. So they they still need to be respected. So there's this line that has to kind of get walked. And I think it's good that, that there's a discussion and it's been a fairly, uh, I re- even among normies, I think it's been a fairly uh, like reasonable discussion that I've seen. I'm sure there's, there's all sorts of uh, flame throwing with some people, but from what I've seen, it, it's been a reasonable discussion by people saying like, well, maybe you didn't need three guys on top of them. Maybe, you know, maybe after a couple like a, I mean, you know, once the situation is diffused, right. Once it's de-escalated, you like can, I, like I said too, I just want to reiterate, I didn't see this part of the video. I don't know what happened. Did the kid just give up and he's laying there and they're like on top of him? Well, it's kind of tough to, to see that in the video because, because yeah. is, is he, is he done or is he just, is he done or just, he can't move. Right. So, um, cause if the threat's done, then it's like, all right, the threat's done. And especially if you can determine that the only threat was an egg, then right. all right, you know, initially, you really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once so, you kind of diffuse the situation and people give up, you're like, all right, let's get up, you know, yeah. um, whatever, handle it from there. There's no re- reason for more violence. The the vengeance part, right, right. So I don't know. Um, you want to talk about? transition smoothly right into uh the death penalty penalty yeah Yeah, sure um well what where we got this idea from was an article that was sent to me from a website called first things uh it's talking about capital punishment the the title of the article is capital punishment and the sex abuse crisis and and that's referring to the catholic church um where do you want to get it's a fairly i mean it's not that long but it would take us a while to read all this so i don't want to do that um we actually both read this and had a different idea of even what it was about so i don't know where you want to start with this (laughs) um i don't know i i don't even know that we need to uh talk really reference the article much there yeah, were some interesting points in it, though. Yeah, it's linked in the show notes page, but I think it's got kind of the main idea. Um, and, and right in the first paragraph, right in the middle of it, the author says, what I want to say on the matter falls under three headlines, separation, vengeance, and protection. And I think that kind of is a good jumping off point to talk about uh, 
how how to deal with criminals like what what should be things to consider especially when you when you want to talk about the death penalty because uh it kind of gets i don't is it debate is the death that is the death penalty really debated much in libertarian circles i don't think so i know when people talk about like uh, i mean certainly when the state carries it out right but i've seen people uh talk about executing pedophiles libertarians and i think that's you know even as horrible of of a crime as that I don't think it justifies, uh, you know, ending someone's life. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we can just talk about these kind of three topics. Maybe if if he has a good point, we can we can kind of tie in what he says about it. Well, but like uh, that sentence you just read, the ne- the very next one I thought was decent. It says all of these serve to distinguish justice, which the church should uphold from mere regulatory compliance, which seems to seems the main thing on offer right now from our bishops yeah actually i cut i that i kind of missed that when i read that first uh and that's actually a really good line yeah <laughs> because that does bug me about uh the catholic church a little bit i remember i wrote an article a while back about uh i forget what it was uh what was it um the what is it? a priest was accused of uh committing some crime and they were just like turned it over they they didn't want to have like an yeah. investigation in the church to deal with it. And they just like handed it right over, yeah, to, the, over the to, the, to the government. And it's like, well, no, the church should deal with this. Right. Stuff. Right. But, um, so yeah, uh, separation. So obviously the death penalty, like completely separates you from existence. <laughs> yes. You're completely like, separated from all society. Right. Um, um, no, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that part and that the author makes this point, but and I agree with it that when you do commit a crime, you all that the, the act of crime is kind of an, an antisocial thing, and so you separate yourself from society, mm-hmm. um, and so you have to deal with those uh, the consequences of that. So, uh, and he makes the he draws the example of you know if a kid misbehaves at the dinner table and he gets sent to his room, he gets separated there. If a lawyer, um, uh, acts acts uh, poorly, then he can get disbarred. And what we talk about with uh, like the private defense that if you violate your contract, then you have to deal with the the separations that that result from from not having your contract or or, or the terms that happen when you do violate the contract. Right. So uh, I think that's a good point. But um, to separate someone forcefully is a different story. And that's where, uh, like I mentioned earlier about a criminal still having rights. Um, and I don't know that, uh, he, he loses that right of, uh, well, this is what he says. Likewise, a criminal by the very act of committing a capital crime separates himself decisively from society. The sentences of exile and life imprisonment are public judgments, judgments, which are understood to confirm that separation. Capital punishment is the extreme instance of separation. So I guess what he's saying is by committing a capital crime, you have decisively separated yourself from society. So carrying out the death sentence is just completing that, I guess. Um, Did I misread that? I don't know because that's where like I, I, I – like when I read the finished the article, I got the idea that he was against the yeah. death penalty, but but that's and one I of those that's it. one of those areas where I'm not sure what what he exactly is getting at. But like I I agree with the idea. Like I like I've been saying that separates it, himself is important, right? Right. So I think we have to distinguish between when someone separates themselves and when there's a forced separation. And when I don't someone think someone decides to separate you. Right. And I don't think the latter of those is justified. Like we talked about in our previous episodes, I think it was, uh, what was the episode number? Uh, 129, how to deal with criminals in a libertarian society, just linked in the show notes. But we talk about ways that there could be free market alternatives to prison where you are physically separated from society, but you check yourself into that. 
in order to basically protect yourself or to pay rest- restitution for the crime that you committed. It's not that you get thrown in and locked into a cage. It's uh, it's an arrangement that's made with your uh, insurance company or, or whoever's uh, the other party in this this agreement to to deal with protection services for for yourself and your community. So um, obviously killing someone through capital punishment is a forced separation. So on that, you know, level, it, it's, it's in line with these other four separations that are a lot, a lot uh, less serious. Just saying that like, Oh, we're going to throw you in a cage, throwing someone in a cage is less serious than saying we're going to end your life. So if I'm going to say that uh, you're not justified to put someone, lock someone in the cage as for separation, then, then clearly you can't say that you, you can, you can you kill. Can for, right. And also let's distinguish between, uh, because that will be a, a response. You get, Oh, so you can't kill someone in self-defense. That's obviously different. Um, and maybe, I don't know if you had more on separation you want to talk about, but, uh, um, no, I mean, I, no, I, I was going to, you know, if we continue to read a little bit, um, he talks about society wanting to express and confirm its abhorrence for certain crimes by the definitive separation of a criminal from society. A clear example would be the execution of the Nuremberg war criminals. These criminals were not merely executed, but also their mortal remains were cremated and the ashes scattered. Why? So that <clears throat> so that they would in no sense continue to abide as a presence in society. Today, many communities reasonably want to separate serial murderers from themselves in the same way. Um, I think- oh, I, now that I read this again, I'm getting a much different thing because when I first read that, I may, maybe this is just the power of, uh, of, of approaching someone with a, with a certain expectation but uh, I thought originally that he was saying that the uh, scattering the ashes and everything was, was a was bad like, thing. Yeah, it was just like ex- excessive. Like, excessive. why? Why? W- what's the point of that? Right. I was just a really like basically virtue signal that yeah. Uh, yeah, we really don't like these guys. Yeah. Now, like we were saying, we had different w- opinions of this, and part of the reasons probably it was sent to me after I had a discussion with someone about um, the death death penalty in which case i was against it in all circumstances and so the guy told me to read this so um so i i came into it thinking that that this was a pro-death penalty piece um but the guy does i mean the fact that we both read it and at least initially had different reactions shows the guy's somewhat reasonable right um it's not like he's off the handle saying must kill these bastards Mm -hmm. um Anyway, where were you going before I interrupted you to bring up that Nuremberg line? Because I think there's a lot to say about the Nuremberg trials. I don't even know a whole lot about it. Uh, if it was like the decision makers versus the soldiers, like who who was was were they all on trial? I don't know that much about it either, but it kind of does tie into what I was saying because I thought I was tying it into something else, but the Nuremberg trials actually is good because Mark. Because it's about self-defense. And I mean, if you were to, uh, you know, the these Nazi soldiers and officers, whoever they were on the Nuremberg trials, um, while they were in the acts of, of doing, of you know, murdering people, that if uh, one of their victims kind of was able to rise up and, and defend themselves and, and kill them, uh, you know, that's probably justify because it's self-defense but at this point i mean we know i mean this has been hashed out uh this this horse has been beaten to death that a lot of these nazis were just doing it because they were just following orders they're not guys that just like woke up one morning and said that was the defense at right right that i'm gonna oh i'm just gonna go out and, and murder some jews no they're doing it because they were they were told to and that's obviously wrong and very evil and they should not have done that but how much of a threat do we think they are at this point that the, the war's over, they're not soldiers anymore. I really doubt 
and and you could say that their uh, psychology or something was gravely affected by uh, by by their experience in the war, and maybe they're they've become violent people. But I mean, there's there's you hear stories pop up a lot when uh, when you find oh this guy was a Nazi soldier and he was a, a guard and did all this horrible stuff and he's you know like a hundred years old now. Well, you know. It, Probably the guy wasn't murdering anyone since then. Yeah, I think there was actually a recent article about some Nazi who was like 94, got arrested in Great Britain, or maybe. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's if you're no longer a threat, like we were saying with the kid with the egg, once it was determined that he's no longer a threat, I mean, the, the, the amount of force that you should level against him starts to drop off dramatically right especially in the egg situation i mean if he had one egg and you could pretty safely determine that his goal was to break that egg over uh the senator's head once the egg was gone the threat's basically over so probably don't really need to use force other than maybe to uh you know pay for the uh the dry cleaning that was required for the suit if, if, if you needed that, but, uh, but I think that's a, uh, a, a good transition into the, into vengeance mm -hmm. because I think part of the problem with society and even among a lot of libertarians as from what, hearing people talk is that, man, there, there's just so much bloodlust out there and is that people want revenge and vengeance for, for things that it's not enough to uh just get restitution they they need to they want to see their the criminal suffer and uh i don't know how that really makes someone whole <laughs> right i don't know now i'm not big on vengeance but in this article he calls vengeance a virtue yeah, that's uh and I think that's because you want to have that drive inside you to fight against evil. If you lose that, you don't have this desire to stop evil. I think is what is why they would say vengeance is a virtue. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you do as uh I mean because if you just walk around, like let's take your pedophile example from earlier, and uh, this guy is going out abusing children, and you don't do anything because you don't have any vengeance, you can't stop him now, and he just continues to do what he's doing, and you don't have that drive inside you to stop him. I think that's why he would say vengeance is a virtue, because you want to be stopping that evil. Right. So I guess does that vengeance, make sense? Or no? yeah. So are you? implying or not implying that uh vengeance necessitates violence um i think that's implied okay i don't know um i mean me i don't i do have that drive in me but i stop myself from violence for right. sure um i i fight my emotions all the time uh not all the time but you know See, vengeance, the habit of soul by which we earnestly wish that offenders receive due punishment is a virtue, not a vice. I don't know. I don't really go around hoping people get punished. No, neither do I. I <laughs> so if they... that's what vengeance is, maybe I don't feel vengeance. Maybe I just totally got that wrong. Right. Because I don't go around hoping people get punished and wanting to see people fail. Well, that's our whole point, and I think that's what this guy's missing is that – I mean the whole point of our, of our previous discussions about how to deal with crime is, is, is about restitution. How do, right. we, how do we bring about restitution? How do we make a victim as whole as we can? I don't think and it's healthy I don't, to go around wishing bad on people. No, no, and I think that misses the point of, of what, what a crime is. Uh, if you're if you're talking about well, how do we punish this guy instead of saying well, how do we how do we make things better? How do we make things right how or not right? It? I mean, you, you, what yeah, this you person can't. did? How do we correct some? Tr you know, do our best to correct it. Right. Exactly. And why would you not want to encourage someone to do good? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, that is the best to get someone to say, all right, well, here's, here's what I owe you for doing this thing. I mean, I think that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Um, if that's what he means by vengeance, I don't know that I really feel vengeance that often. I don't look for people because then it like, what is wrong? I mean, I, I think, I don't know. This is a long article. I'd have to read more to know specifically because like, for example, if he's talking about the drug war, like you can argue that doing drugs is not good for your health, certain drugs, especially. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of where I'm. I, I get confused in this article because he jumps around. Like, I don't know if he's maybe because just it's just my perspective on how I how on how I see things. So it, it's kind of confusing for me when he'll make a point, and I think he's arguing in favor of what I think, where he's actually using that as an argument, saying that it's so. A bad thing. Yeah, here's here's another thing right that I want to bring up. It might. But okay, he, he says in just the next line, no one can genuinely possess the cardinal virtue of justice if he lacks the minor, though essential, virtue of vengeance. Um, I'm not sure why that is. I guess vengeance is your drive to get justice. But on top of that, if justice is defined as punishing someone, that puts us in the cycle we're currently in right now with, you know, the West goes in and chops up the Middle East, the Middle East, people in the Middle East respond. And then like what happened in New Zealand, he cites all these terrorist attacks as the reason he wanted to do what he did. Um, so in his mind, that's justice, not in my mind. Right. Uh, but isn't, do you think peace would be more important than justice? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the two go hand in hand. I mean, at least from my perspective, what justice is, I, I think it, the, the two go hand in hand. Like, but you, you think of what happened, right? So to Americans, history started on September 11th, 2001. We were just minding our own business and got attacked by these crazy people. Um, and I, the reason I, I say that, you know, somewhat sarcastically, but that is the reality of how people thought. Um that the U.S. wasn't doing anything and they hate us for our freedom and so they attacked us. Looking back with hindsight, wouldn't it have been better to just have peace after that? Right. Uh, instead of this vengeance, this need for supposed justice when the reality was no one even understood. Well, I don't want to say no one. A majority of people didn't even understand the situation or what was happening or what was going on throughout the 1990s over in the Middle East. Um. So they were looking at it as we were minding our own business and got attacked and we need justice. And right. it destroyed an entire section of the world. It displaced millions of people and killed maybe millions. How many, I, I don't know what the body count is. Um, some of our own soldiers went over there and died, our own being the U.S. soldiers. Uh, for what? We're still there fighting and there's no end in sight. Right. Peace. Yeah certainly would have been a better idea than justice in my opinion. Oh, I get to, uh, yeah. I, Do you I see what I'm trying to get at? Yeah. Oh yeah. So no, I agree that, that, that peace would be uh peace is the better alternative. Like, let's just say like, even if we just forget the nineties happened and just on that day, nine 11 happened, 3000 people died, horrible, awful tragedy. Is it better to get justice? Is it better to get revenge? Or is it better to just have peace? Uh, be, you know, that's that's oversimplifying it because that's not what happened. Right. And and the argument would be that, well, we have the benefit of hindsight now. And maybe if we did the, the justice another way. But, I mean, at the same time, this is the reason that we're anti-war is that we we can see that every single time it gets done, it, 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 it ends up. Yeah, ends up poorly. You so. People off and. You ruin lives, countless lives, and, you know, I mean, we could go on and on about it. But if people had an idea of having peace, how does that, I guess it just, you know, it's a deeper conversation and that people, there are people who think the Middle East and people in the Middle East are just crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so when they got attacked on 9-11, they didn't stop and think, why would people do this? They thought those people are crazy. Right. Um. I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting off the rails. Yeah. So, uh, 
uh, kind of scrolling through this article because he, uh, this is where, man. Vengeance it, is the habit of earnestly wishing for and willing, wishing for and willing due punishment. It follows that anyone who regards punishment as solely remedial by the nature of the case cannot have this virtue. Such a person will indeed appear complacent and passive in the face of grave wrongdoing because vengeance stirs up anger and incites to action. Our hierarchy has evidently been complacent before evil. When he says our hierarchy, he's referring to the church, the Catholic church, mm -hmm. that they became complacent to evil, that they didn't have that vengeance. And so they allowed it to continue. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I was I was reading another another line a little bit further down. Uh, okay, because man, I I completely misread this the first time around. Um, I think this guy's absolutely uh, calling for death penalty. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's funny because the way the way you read it, like I'm when I was reading it earlier, I'm like, man, this is a great point. Oh, I love this. This is another great point. So he does have some good points. Yeah. So let me read this paragraph, and and it's funny because. Normally, I I don't like what Pope Francis says, and and I Same. think he's I think he's been pretty terrible. But and and I think this guy's referencing things that Pope Francis has said uh, as a way to criticize the Pope. But every time that he's referenced Pope Francis in this, I've agreed with him <laughs> with Pope right. Francis. That is so. Um. Yeah, let me let me read this passage. Pope Francis, in the previously cited letter, even seems to regard retribution as nonsensical. Quote, when the death penalty is applied, people are killed not for current acts of aggression, but for offenses committed in the past. Moreover, it is applied to people whose capacity to cause harm is not current, but has already been neutralized and who have deprived and who are deprived of their freedom. End quote. Apparently that apparently that a punishment should be meted out in order to match an an accomplished crime is itself an argument against such punishment. Obviously punishment is retrospective administered for crimes committed in the past. Otherwise murderers who have no reason for killing anyone beside their past victim ought to be released. So I think he just completely missed what uh, Pope Francis was saying there. It's like, all right, a guy has murdered someone and he's in prison. He's not a, he's not very likely a threat to murder anybody else. So the only way you would be justified in killing someone is self-defense. So this clearly is not a case of self-defense. Mm -hmm. You are being aggressor an aggressor at this point by by killing this person. You're murdering mm -hmm. them. Like Cap Pope Francis is making the, the case that you're murdering someone with capital uh, punishment. Yes. So, and then he just says, well, it's uh, with that logic, then just because you, the, the uh, aggression or crimes not happening at this moment means that they don't deserve anything. And no, that's, <laughs> that's not the case at all. What we're saying, what we've been saying is that you need to make restitution. You, you need to, you need to make someone whole for what you have done. And over time, over time. And I think this is a, it's funny uh, because originally it was uh, kind of this eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it, people don't like that anymore. And I don't know, I'm not, you know, a historian or theologian about this, but um, it makes a lot of sense because that's very much like it's a restitution type thing. Right. Um, now, do we need to, uh, do we need to take that so literally that if uh, someone, uh, pokes your eye out that you get to poke their eye out no but by kind of rejecting that idea um then you start to lose what um how to deal how to deal with crimes and it starts being this thing that you're not a crime is not about uh is not about the victim but it's about society and i think that's what uh that's where this guy is really starting to to get off the rails yeah. with it He's saying like, well, you know, he's already murdered the guy, so why not just release him until yeah, it's uh it's unfortunate man, right. that 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 it's happened that way. So I don't know, that makes sense that trying to talk about the eye for the eye that you know yeah. it's, it's not like I'm not saying we take that literally, literally it's but 
it it's it means something that is uh it's very valuable and and it's a shame that we that as a society that that's that it's been rejected just the 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 basic idea is gone mm-hmm. not just the the literal idea there so um yeah i don't know how you can justify if if you've got even even if you uh think that prison is legitimate that you've got a guy locked in a prison cell i don't know how and he's no longer a threat to anyone he's secure he's he's got no ability to call that guy. yeah why why you would ever be justified in, in killing him at that point how that wouldn't be murder much like what we were saying earlier once you realize that this kid who who smacked the egg on the guy's head didn't have any more eggs and that's all he was trying to do i mean your your justification to continue to use force is basically gone. So um, you know you, you can apply it up and down the scales of uh, of seriousness from mm-hmm. from throwing an egg at someone all the way to killing someone. Uh, you know it, it all checks out, and that's what that's the kind of thing that makes me confident in in what I think because it does apply uh, fairly well. Uh, consistently and universally across things so um yeah so i don't know do you want to talk about vengeance anymore or do you want to no, go on to uh, protection to protection because in protection all right third protection vengeance takes on a combative aspect that is a noticeable trait in a strong father who precisely because he loves his child, cannot tolerate wrongdoing in him. Uh, Let me jump back up to... This makes strong fathers also strong protectors. It is obvious that our bishops have failed to be strong fathers in the face of sexual unchastity. So, I mean, I don't disagree with that. If they're just not doing a good job of dealing with these, you know, priests and, and their they're not protecting their, their flock, their parishioners, people in their diocese that, yeah, I mean, they failed at protecting them, but I don't understand how you would say, all right, well, that means that you could kill someone. <laughs> um, okay. So here's what's interesting. Uh, the tradition says that the death penalty may sometimes be necessary to defend society against the aggressor. And in such cases, the state may even have a duty to use it. It is a gross mistake to take this to mean merely that the death penalty is licit only when necessary to keep a murderer from committing further crimes. It is likewise a mistake, though not so crude, to say that the penalty plays a role of a psychological deterrent as if it were no more than a heavy fine, the most severe dissuasion. No, what is meant is rather that the framework of law as applying proportionate punishment defends society, and that given this framework, something proportionate to death must be promised for capital crimes. The homeowner's gun may protect him against the night intruder. If he lacks a gun, the promise that the police will soon arrive can play the same role. If the police cannot get there in time, the framework of law plays a comparable role. The promise of proportionate retribution is essential to this order. Be assured that it will be done to you as you wish to do to others. So, is he saying that because you have a gun, you may protect against a night intruder? If you lack a gun, the police will play that same role they'll come with guns and if the police don't get there in time the framework of the law plays a comparable role so it's like i could have killed the guy oh yeah if i didn't have a gun the cops could have came and killed the guy if the cops don't get there then the law can kill the guy is that what he's saying i i think so man like um the more we go through i'm glad we go we're going through this because (laughs) the more we go through it the more i think that this guy's like a crackpot because that's absurd. That is absurd. I don't see how that follows. That because I could have killed someone when they were attacking me, that means I can kill them whenever I want. Right. Like that's not like 
when someone does something where you would be justified to use uh, lethal force to defend yourself, you don't get like this. Uh, you get to kill that guy coupon. Right. Like you can cash in whenever you want. <laughs> if I pull a water gun on you, that looks like a real gun, but it's just a water gun. And in that split second, you think it's real and you get really scared. And had you had a gun on you, you would have shot me. Mm-hmm. Then you find out it's just a water gun. Put it away. Ah, just kidding, Rallo. You don't get to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> a week later. You would have been justified in that moment because you thought it was a gun and you thought I was going to shoot you. Yeah, a week later I can show up and say, oh, I got a gun now, so bang, 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 bang. Right. That'll be enough of that joke. Right. Um, um, yeah, that sounds kind of crazy to me, and I don't see how that – I don't follow his logic there. That that protects society, like, so because what he's saying is the death penalty um, isn't just to defend society against the aggressor from committing further crimes, and also he says it's it's not just to play the role of a deterrent. What it's meant is the framework of the law applying proportionate punishment defends society, and that given this framework, something proportionate to death must be promised for capital I think crimes. But is breaking into someone's house considered a capital crime? I mean, it is in the moment, right? You don't right. know what that guy has. He's breaking onto your property. I've never heard someone use this kind of logic, and I think he's just like making it up to suit his – Unless because, I'm misreading this, but I did that's, read it word for word. Right, because I, I'm pretty sure that the uh, that one of the reasons, though not good for capital punishment, is that it, it's supposed to service well for any kind of do- judgment that at least what the state does is that it's supposed to serve as a deterrent, and it never does. I mean, it's terrible because if if <laughs> murder rates have basically been the same for right. Right. Yeah. Then, you know, we would expect to see a drop in crime if that were successful. Uh, but we obviously I, I don't think we can we can attribute uh, tough penalties for for that. But uh, especially with like the war on drugs and stuff. But uh, I don't I don't follow this logic at all. The homeowner's gun may protect him against a night intruder. If he lacks a gun, the promise that the police will soon arrive can play the same role. If the police cannot get there in time, the framework of the law plays a comparable role. I mean, I get I get the jump from the homeowners to the police and sure. saying that like, all right, well, the police are going to show up and hopefully they get there in time. And if there's, you know, you tra- and and that's that's what we say is that you can you can transit just taking this even from the libertarian. Yeah, you can thing, transfer you call, your rights. Right. You have the right to defend yourself. You can you can transfer your right to self-defense to a. Uh, to another party so that that's fine that checks out there but but yeah the difference with the gun is you're not killing the guy uh, let's say you have a gun in your home and someone breaks in and you kill that person you're not killing them because they broke in you're killing them because you're defending yourself right and if you take if a guy breaks in and and steals some stuff from you when he's on trial he's not there on trial for uh attempted murder against you Unless he, of course, did try to try kill to you, kill but, you, but otherwise he's on trial to, to figure out if he stole your property and if he did, that you get restitution for it. Um, yeah, it's just so. Yeah, he switches it from self defense to when it's no longer self defense is when the law comes in, right? And the guy's not there, so it's it's now no longer self defense. So the fact that he could have killed the guy in one instance. I don't know. I'm going to have to talk about this a little more. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what he says about it because that just, I, I don't even think we need to talk about that point anymore because it's just, it just, it, I don't, it, it just it's doesn't ridiculous. connect. It doesn't connect to me. I don't see, I don't see that at all. Right. So. Then he goes on. Uh, we can expect that any bishop who, from his stance against the death penalty, has fully embraced the attitude that punishment is never ret- retributive. Did I say that right? Retributive? Retributive. Retributive. But only a deterrent. Will fail to protect his flock by appropriately punishing offenders. He will misapply the standard of proof for criminality, moving it from past to future crimes. Indeed, Father N. did, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 
funnel the genitals of that young man. But unless it can be shown beyond a shadow of a doubt that he will do something like that in the future, then he should not be punished. I don't think I maybe I, I don't know what that I don't know what that's about because I didn't read that anywhere and I didn't hear any bishops saying that. I well, I guess I thought that they just kind of moved him around and kind of tried to give him counseling or something and say, like, I don't do that anymore. So that's that's enough. Yeah, start, I'm not I don't saying know that it, it. Yeah, right. But I don't know that that was because they thought that, oh, well, they don't need to be. I don't know. I think they I, didn't want the P bad PR. Exactly. That's what I was. That's what I was. About I don't to think say. there was some kind of like moral. Just, I don't think they were sitting there saying, "Well, as long as he doesn't do it again, right? We don't right. have to punish the guy." Mm -hmm. I think this was all. I think they were all cowards, and they were protecting their reputation and, in some instances, instances their power, and didn't want to expose it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had any moral justification. I don't think they thought they were doing the right thing. Right. I don't think there's a moral justification for it. Yeah. E even from the people doing it. I agree. Um, I think it was just not good. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I guess that's kind of the point of this article is to say, if you're against the death penalty, is what he's saying is if you're against the death penalty, and for the reasons he laid out, you start to lose that vengeance, and then you allow these uh, child molesters to be in your realm and allow them to continue doing what they're doing because you won't take a punishment for you know you won't you won't punish them, right? Um, and who knows? Maybe that had played a role. I don't know. Um, I do think they should have been punished. Obviously, I think if you do that, if you can if it's credible or if there's a pattern of people complaining, like if you, you know, get switched around to a parish and get another complaint, it's like, all right, you got to stop being around these people. I think there should have been some punishment in a, in the sense, like defrocking them, mm -hmm. get them out, expose it, tell people, you right. know? Uh, yeah. So society does not like, uh, does not look kindly on pedophiles. So no, prisons uh, don't look kindly on pedophiles. Yeah, Nobody so, wants pedophiles around. So even if you get, uh, even if you don't go to prison, but you're exposed as a pedophile, uh, your you, life you're is not, over. Yeah, you're not going to have that great of a life after that. Um. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that was kind of the point of his article was to say, you lose vengeance, then you allow child rapists basically to go around unpunished. Yeah, I think what it was is maybe when he first had the idea that he tried to tie these two things together, it made a lot of sense. But as he kept trying to go <laughs> through it, he just had to like start really stretching yeah. stuff out to to continue it because and it just doesn't doesn't make sense. It doesn't make end. sense, and and that's why we go as you you know typical go to property rights. So if I have an organization and I'm in charge of that organization. I don't have to let anyone participate in it. And me saying that you're no longer allowed at my house, separating you from my property is not to me. I don't see how that's the equivalent of ending someone's life or just set or saying ending someone's life is just separation in the same way. Me telling you, you're not allowed at my house or part of my organization um, just in the extreme. I mean, maybe, maybe so, but there's something to the value of life that I would think Catholics would think is important. Right. So property rights kind of solve this. If, um, you know, uh, if the property owner decides you can no longer participate now, if mm -hmm. the property owner doesn't, then they're going to have a problem. They're going to have a lot of problems that the church is having. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I think we covered a lot of the yeah we covered our issues with the death penalty, yeah. and I think it was good to go through this article because I think it's, you know, despite thinking that it's crazy at the end, it, it is, I guess, one of the better or at least more nuanced uh, arguments in favor of the death penalty that I've seen. So, it's, I guess it was a good exercise. Yeah, especially when I thought it was <laughs> it was on agreeing with me in the beginning. Until I actually read it again. I guess I, I skimmed through it and right. read it too quickly. Well, there's some good points. Right.
Um, so whatever. Yeah. So do you, uh, do you have a free market success story for this? I can week? have a free market story for this week. Yeah, go for it. So this weekend, Saturday morning, I was up early. I went out, got, got breakfast, came back. Um, probably 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning and i walk into my backyard and see that the spout where we would connect the hose is leaking and it wasn't just kind of leaking it was like like almost like the valve was half open um it was coming out pretty good it's a lot of water streaming out of my house that i don't want to pay for um so it was saturday morning and i'm thinking i have a plumbing emergency on my hands right now and knew if I had to call a plumber and get him to my house on the weekend immediately, uh, it would probably cost me a good amount of money. Uh, that plumber had other plans. He didn't plan on coming to my place, whether he's doing other jobs or spending time with his family, whatever he was doing. Probably riding a tractor. May have been riding a tractor. Probably not. But, I mean, that's, that's a possibility. Um, so in order for me to pull him away from his tractor, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. So I figured way back in the day, I uh, worked for a plumber for a summer. I can fix this thing myself. Went on YouTube, looked at a, a video to remind myself, did not want to solder. So I went to Home Depot and found these little shark bite uh, fittings that you don't need to solder. And it was really really easy to do and it was cheap so i didn't have to call the plumber why is that a free market success story well it did inconvenience inconvenience me i didn't want to go out and do plumbing on a saturday morning there was other things i wanted to do um i had to change my plans because of it so if I really wanted to do those things, I could have called a plumber and someone would have done it. I could have paid someone enough money to do it. It would have been expensive. And that's kind of just how the market works. You know, uh, if I have, if I was independently wealthy and had millions of dollars, I probably, eh, maybe I would have done it anyway, but I may have just not cared as much about the money and said, I don't care if it costs me 2000 bucks, come over here now and, and change it. Um, but, Given my options, I thought it was best for me to go at it on my own, even though I hadn't done it in years. Worked out fine. I don't have a leak. Uh, the spout works. We're good. So, yeah, you were able to value your uh, your money, or at least what you anticipated the cost would be that that money over your time. Correct. So I gave up my time, but I kept my money. Yep, I did have to spend some dollars, but not as much. Right, as right, well, I, the difference it. the difference yeah. between the cost. Exactly. Yeah, so, so I guess I had nothing important to do on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice to do those. Uh, nice to have those options. Of course. Yeah, it, like if I had a, a trip or a business trip or something, if it was the morning and I'm heading out to the airport and I have to go, well, then maybe the uh, plumber would have been more important than missing my flight. Right. But I had nothing to do, so I just did it myself. Well, there you go. So it's the market working, and that plumber was able to do what he wanted to do that day. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, if he wanted to do a lot of plumbing, then he obviously, you know, he lowers his price. But Right, and the other nice thing about the market was I was able to do this relatively, I mean, it wasn't expensive, and there's a hardware store not far from me, so pretty everything I wanted was there. <laughs> Excellent. And, you know, I'm happy that you had a leaky pipe or valve so that we could have a free market success story this week. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll see see what I can break next week. Yeah, you should. So, all right. Once again, the show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 136. We'll have some links to the stuff we talked about in the episode as well as a link to libertymugs.com. Remember, we need a uh, ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin uh, in about a in about a month to make sure that I don't go to prison. And uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, that you'll all go into prison too if I go because I think you'll be just like tied in with whatever I am accused of doing. 
Yeah. So um, it's a criminal conspiracy. Anyone who's part of the conspiracy can then any action is attributed to all members. Right. So so make sure you do your part and keep not only me but yourself out of prison. That's right. Um, and when do they need this money by? I think it was like a month, so like the middle of April. Okay. So you got some time. You do have time. So uh, there's nice there's check. really really no excuse on anybody's part to uh, to not buy a bunch of mugs a hundred dollar mug yes um oh and uh be sure to uh we should be doing this more often but or asking about it if you don't mind leave us a review uh where you uh where you listen to your podcast it, it helps us a lot helps us out a lot to uh to to help get this podcast out to more people the more positive helps the self-esteem too Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I have to talk slappy off the ledge every night cause he, yeah. before he goes I to check bed. check the ratings and, every day. Yeah. And when he doesn't see any, any new, new good ones, it, it really makes him upset. And we don't, we don't want a sad slappy. No. So, uh, again, show notes page, or I just, oh, whatever. Show notes page, mcflugel.com slash 136. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Peace. Peace.